Welcome to Look It's Rock and Roll, the podcast. Today we're going to do a quick review, which is going to be one of the formats that we present in the future, allowing various members or groups of members to do reviews of current product, not digging back into historic catalogs, not uh, you know doing best of selections, but just a quick review of something that's been released recently um, that we think is worthy of drawing your attention to. And in this first one, there's a new girl box set out called Wasted Youth, six CDs, released in uh, England. I'm not sure if it's available yet in the United States, but certainly you can order from Amazon.co.uk and uh, pick up a copy. I think I got this and uh, another box shipped out for less than ten dollars. So it was, uh, you know, certainly an economically viable um, question in terms of uh, getting the six CD set. Um, you know, this CD set includes a, uh, you know, quite a bit of material that's been previously released. And if you've not picked those up over the years, then it's a great way of getting all of that stuff in one shot. Obviously, Wasted Youth was the band's second studio album. And if you're not familiar with Girl, Girl was the band that included guitarist Phil Cohen, who went on to fame in Def Leppard, and Philip Lewis, who went on to fame in the fantastic L.A. Guns. And, uh, you know, there are obviously other players who are involved. Jerry Laffey, Simon Laffey, his brother, came into the picture later, and then a succession of drummers. Um, can't remember the name of the first chap who was on the uh, My Number Single in 1979, Dave uh, Nagari, or something to that effect, and then he was replaced. I think Pete Barnacle... Bryson Graham, and then there was a third drummer, and I lose track. That's not what this is about. We're strictly talking about Wasted Youth, second album, at least uh, early 1982, I think February is the date. I'd have to look up on copyright records what it was. Um, I remember buying this back in the 80s on vinyl. I was in Liverpool, and you know, going through the record racks back in the days when you know stores like Penny Lane Part of my history with bands is that many an album has come into my realm because of the cover. This thing has two things going for it, for my taste. A neat logo and a cool image. They were That was a badass looking band photo. So 14 year old me, I think it was like 1987 when I got it, um, saw a menacing photo of the band and a cool logo. And then I you know, I think it was a used copy, so I opened it up and I saw that it had Phil and Phil. And uh, I was like, wow, I didn't know it. You know, I was uh, just getting into rock, reading Circus Magazine and Hit Parader and whatnot. So it was uh, an early part of my musical education. Um, like I mentioned, these have been released or reissued various times over the years. You know, my last copy of Wasted Youth was actually a Japanese CD issue from the 90s, long gone because, you know, I, I just don't hold on to these things very long. But comes in a box, details on the back, and I apologize, I'm in a dark place while I'm recording this, and that's just how it's going to be. Um, most recently, Wasted Youth's come out on Rock Candy, and it's been paired with the uh, Live at the Marquee 1981 show. 
So that was just a, a two CD. Um, so, you know, this box is a nice opportunity to add all of these live recordings in particular uh, back into the collection. Uh, of course, Bryson Graham drummed on the album, but it quit. So Pete, Pete Barnacle was, you know, simply credited on the, on the album credits because he was the member of the band at the time, or it's vice versa. So what you get in the box, when you open it, nothing special. You get a single poster sheet for the credits. And I should probably look on the back to see which band member is being credited because I always get it wrong. And your album lyrics on the back and the god awful. That is horrendous if they were looking to fix their image. Um, the two singles, of course, uh, Through the Twilight, which was a uh, picture disc, backed with McKitty's Back and Old Dogs, which was limited edition picture sleeve, if I recall correctly. That's all you get. That's a bummer. That's my probably my biggest criticism of this box, is you get six CDs and you don't get liner notes that you can read through while you're listening to all this stuff. So each one comes mini kind of LP style the original artwork, um, very basic CD prints on all of them. Uh, CD1, Wasted Youth, obviously, you know, produced by Nigel Thomas and Girl. What what can you say about it? It's a tougher album than Sheer Greed was. Sheer Greed is a little bit more glam, a little bit more pretty. Um, this one, kind of more biting, tougher. I um, like the guitars a lot more on Wasted Youth, but it's also more diverse as well, which is probably a little bit of the problem with the album and how it was received at the time, that it's all over the place in terms of style. There's a lot of heavy stuff. I mean, the title track, fantastic song to this day, one of my favorite girl tracks. Um, but, and Through the Twilight, again, kickoff song is very tough, but then paired with a kind of Duran Duran image picture disc, just leaves you shaking your head at what people are thinking. Um, arrangements, they're really good. Again, you should, you see a band maturing. I know in some interviews they talk that there are a bunch of posers who were just having a lark and not taking it very seriously, but I think the material speaks otherwise. You know, they're, they're certainly developing as songwriters and as musicians. Phil's getting more twiddly which is one of the things I love and hate about Phil. Um, and Phil Philip, you know, vocally strong, powerful, always great. Vo I, I always liked his voice, but, you know, I really only, uh, you know, listened to everything through the first two L.A. Guns albums, and then I checked out. Yeah, the songs kind of run the gamut from the heavy to the contemplative to the boogie-filled, uh, fun romps, uh, probably a bit too disparate, as I mentioned. CD2. This was Killing Time, originally re-released or released in 1998 in Japan. I still have my original. That's one of the few CDs I do still have because I was hoping to get a little bit more money for it. This compiles um, B-sides, outtakes, demos. So, you know, right off the bat, you get Juliet Nutbush, City Limits, 
um, which were two songs that were planned for the 2 by 2 EP, which was going to be four songs released by Jet mid-1982 as the band was falling apart uh, in terms of Phil leaving for the, the Leopard gig. Um, but it's got a lot of the studio versions of songs that the band performed live in their set from 1980 through 1982. So that makes it a must-have. Um, it's also got Love is a Game, which is, of course, the non-album single that was released in, I think, 81. So kind of in between albums they put out Russ Ballard song, trying to, I think, get a bit more commercial appeal. So it's on there. And then, of course, the, the B-side, You Really Got Me, which was on the Hollywood Tea single, um, is included. So, you know, there's a ton of great stuff on here, um, you know. Some of the stuff's produced by Nick Tauber, who of course did the early sessions with Def Leppard in 79, which, you know, I like how he produced this style of band back then. Um, the other songs that of course were for uh, 2x2 EP were Killing Time and Naughty Boy. Killing Time is just a criminally omitted song that never made it to an album, which is a real shame. If Girl did a reunion, and when I saw Phil, in San Francisco in, I don't think, what was it, 2018. The first thing I said to him, do a girl reunion, please. And he was like, hey, I just spoke to Phil, you know, Philip, you know, a few days ago. Whether or not that ever happens, I don't know. I, again, it's one of those very, very niche things, maybe on a rock cruise. If Def Leppard was doing a, you know, theater gig on a cruise, they could bring L.A. Guns and maybe some of the other guys and do a girl Reunion in that setting, it'd be very cool. I, so, as I said, I was thrilled when that came out in the late 90s, as it was the first real archival stuff that I had heard uh, from Girl. And again, everyone's story is different. You may have heard other things. I, I'm just going by what I know and a few things that I've you know written down from old copies of Sounds and One and Enemy um, when I was writing the Def Leppard books. So, um I think that pretty much covers it. You know, standouts for me on this are kind of White Prophet, again, performed live, Aeroplane Food, you either get it or you don't, and Big Night Out, uh, which I think they used as an opening track on some of the live recordings. So um, I, th I thought very strong material, worth having. If you've not heard it, you probably listened to, uh, to it up on YouTube, but if you can get the box, you know, certainly buy the real deal. Okay, CD3, live at the Marquee Club, 1981. This has been previously released. Probably several times. I'm not going to count them up on Discogs. Um, it was the first of kind of the archive of live stuff to come out, 2001. Um, and most, again, recently it was repackaged with that uh, two CD edition of uh, Wasted Youth, which is, you know, fine and dandy. Uh, recorded live, London, obviously, England. Uh, October 23rd, 1981. Uh, kicks off with uh, Ice in the Blood, Icy Blue. Um, bunch of unreleased stuff that you can hear the studio versions again of on Killing Time. Icy Blue is the standout on this uh, CD, you know, and there are seven live versions of songs from the Wasted Youth album, which again, anyone who listens to studio albums likes, well, often likes to hear the live versions of the band performing those songs. Otherwise, you know, what really is the point unless it's played live? Um, you get three of the songs from Killing Time on here as well, so... Uh, great inclusion in the box. If you're going to be putting everything in the kitchen sink out, make sure you got it. Disc 4. CD4 is 
well, as detailed as Live in Tokyo 1980. Nice artwork on this one. Um, I believe it's from the November 26th, 1980 show. And again, when I did the Leopard books, uh, I didn't go as deep into the girl kind of touring history as I could have. I think this stuff's making me want to go back and clean up and fix a lot of what I wrote about girl at that time. Again, many years ago, mostly built out of, you know, the British rock mags of the air. So uh, a lot of stuff that in leopard tracks in particular uh, probably needs to be updated and corrected. Anyway, you know, the context is lost without the liner notes to read along with about, you know, I don't know shit about this show by just holding the CD apart from where it was and when it was. Um, 16 songs live. Um, it's been released, again, it's been released before as Live in Tokyo 1980, the official bootleg. So I think it was uh, distributed with uh, copies of the Girl DVD, which I still don't have a copy of. So I don't know if that one ever got kind of official silver pressed release, but uh, that one's worth tracking down as well if you're a Girl fan. Um, when this came out back then, I think uh, I read um, that one of the former band members didn't think the quality of this particular recording was good enough for it to be commercially released, so it was pulled at the time and replaced with another, you know, uh, Live 81 Bits or Live 82 Bits CD. Um, the way it was detailed back then is that it was recorded by a fan who had been standing by the mixing desk in Japan. So, audience recording. Now, Japanese audience recordings are notoriously good and consumable, but again, there's a vast difference between that and a soundboard where you have more control over the mix and the instrumentation and the overall feel. So, again, different feel from a professionally recorded gig. Still, um, if you're expecting a soundboard, you're not going to enjoy it as much, but in this package at this price point, which is 30 bucks and 23 quid, something to that. Um, you really can't complain too much. But it's also an excellent illustration of the classic lineup in full flight. I mean, it's raw, it's rough, but it really shows girl um, in a very positive light considering the circumstances of the recording. So, the next CD, CD5, Live at the Greyhound, 1982. Again, and uh, just to show you another CD print, pretty much all for follow the same format. So, fortunately, all my discs were the right versions on this. So, this originally came out in 2013 as a bonus to Jerry's uh, Just a Little Blurred album. Um, another great live recording of the band is the lowest quality of the five, um, or of all the live recordings included on this particular set. But what it lacks in clarity, it makes up for with the pure balls of the performance. Um, there's just that, that that magical energy that sometimes a band dials in a performance where everything is clicking. This was clearly one of those gigs. So um, it, there's power and energy throughout you know, the 14 tracks. There's three from Sheer Greed, five from Wasted Youth, and six from Killing Time. So this set is abundant with the unreleased kind of rare stuff that was, you know, who knows, being, being road tested and I haven't validated the, the date on this uh, for 
for whether that's accurate for when it was recorded or, or whatnot. So it was back in the days when bands actually played their new shit live and it might change and it might develop, but it certainly got road tested and validated that they could see audience response to new songs. Too often nowadays, bands are afraid to play new stuff precisely for that reason. Iron Maiden's a great example of a band that will bludgeon you with their new stuff. You're going to go to an Iron Maiden show on their new album touring cycles and you are going to get a few tracks and it's not always uh, it again depends on the person but uh, when I saw them for the uh, the last tour they did in California here and I, I don't even remember Book of Souls thank you the ghost opening yeah there was the red and the black I was like kind of nodding off at one point and I loved the song but uh, you know just hearing it live after hearing other long songs was a bit torturous but back in this day and with a band like this which had you know short snappy two and a half to you know three and a half minute songs in general you know you, you would get a lot of really cool stuff so uh, CD6 is the UK bootlegs 1982 disc and as I mentioned that live show that was replaced with a uh, another disc was replaced with this one so it's labeled completely wrong on the packaging and that's on the back of the packaging I never did check uh, yeah it's wrong on the back of here as well so uh, tracks one to four are from the Hammersmith Odeon Theater these were you know originally released as bonus tracks on live in Tokyo 1980 the official bootleg in 2006 uh, they were also you know uh, on the independent CDR like I mentioned that this replaced um, it's a great soundboard though this Hammersmith one the big night overnight angels my number and standard romance really cool performance very good wish there was more of that don't know what the story is uh, you know of why it's just bits and pieces of this is it all that survived or is it just that they didn't want to use all of the shows so I'd love to know the rest of those circulate so apparently it's uh, from a few days after wasted youth came out Tracks 5 to 10 are from the Liverpool Empire. Um, not as smooth recording as the first show, but um, again, you get the girl live vibe a bit better. Um, and it starts with the rural wasted youth, and then you get killing time, Dr. Doctor. Yeah, good shit. Very good shit. Um, two songs are detailed as being from the Birmingham Odeon, 17th of January, 82. The tracks are 11 and 12, Nut Bush City Limits course the I can Tina Turner song and killing time they're not they're the same as the two so-called bonus tracks they're all demos which is fantastic uh, you know I, I have to do an a B comparison with the stuff on killing time for three of the songs but you do get a new demo track 13 in this case it's lucky 13 it's Madame Corona which this day and age with the coronavirus going around it's kind of funny but um, again another good song um, who wrote it who gets the credit for it Phil Philip so okay final thoughts this box set is a great way to get all of these releases in one shot again they've all been out and as I mentioned I got mine on Amazon UK for 23 pounds um, which is $30 American um, and I think it was uh, an extra eight dollars to have it delivered and it came because I ordered another box at the same time via DHL and I had it within three days um, they're selling up on eBay I think 20 bucks 
25, this will go up on eBay. Um, criticisms, again, lack of liner notes, lack of a proper booklet in there. And I understand it's a budget release, so you know those are additional costs that are obviously the first things often to go. But I would love, if anything, for there to be a little card in there with the digital download code for a liner notes in PDF format. It's something I think people can do um, so that you can read along all these things. And I know that there were other notes included in the original releases of many of these that were worth reading. So um, th that's the biggest criticism. The future. I, I don't know if there's any hope for a sheer greed box. You know, that's kind of been out with a single live recording attached to it. I want the original demos. The, they did a video demo back in 79. I want the original version of um, my number. And I can't remember if I did an AB with the single versus the LP version, whether it changed or whether they just kept it with the original drummer or whatnot. Um, there's still Osaka 82, which comes after Phil left, and Pete Bonus came in to complete the contractual obligations for the band before Philip went on to his next band, and the others went into new areas of exploration. Um, but, you know, it's a great time. Early 2020, you've had a nice girl box set. You've got multiple Def Leppard boxes coming. Um, obviously, the early years, 1980 live, which, uh, you know, when I was, again, researching the Leopard Tracks book, and I saw a report that they were recording their show in Oxford for a possible EP, I was like, whoa, I'd love to find a copy of that. Well, you know, when did that book come out? 2007, 2008, 12 years later get the whole damn show and not an EP, so that's going to be very exciting. A uh, couple of great resources that you can go online, and I'll throw the links for these into uh, the notes on the YouTube version. Um, the Bailey Brothers did a great interview with Jerry. Very, very well worth reading. Um, great history to some of the releases. Great history from his perspective of what happened in the band. Very balanced, very you know, appropriate. So, you know, that's been out there for years. Those guys did a great job on that and other interviews. And then there's also a legendary rock interviews, uh, interview with Jerry Laffey as well, which again goes into some of the same detail because it's impossible not to repeat as I have probably done multiple times throughout this episode. And, um, you know, I think at some point, look, it's rock and roll. The podcast will have to do a, uh, best of girl. And, uh, you know, come up with our 14-song anthology CD that we think best presents this band to the rest of the world. Even though there is a great anthology CD that basically has everything they recorded on it already. All right, that's it. Girl, Wasted Youth, Box. Get it? Don't get it? I certainly enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank you for watching or listening to this episode. Be sure to subscribe to us, like us, or even leave us a review. You can find us and join the conversation on Facebook. <laughs>